I'm coming over to do a, a sauce tutorial with you. So I will pay you for your services. Um, Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hey, lovelies. Thanks for coming back for another week of the podcast. Today, you are going to really love this interview that we have with my good friend, Jessica Capusta. She is a plant-based chef here in Columbus, Ohio. She also has a catering and meal delivery service that is local to Columbus, um, as well as the ability to cater all around Ohio and travel. So she's just a really wonderful person to talk to. She has a very down-to-earth perspective on food and body image and uh, cooking. Um, She has celiac herself. So she comes to us with the idea of like, how can you feed your body, keeping in mind that certain foods make it feel really good and certain foods don't, and how we can look at food from a place of feeling good as opposed to weight and body image. So we cannot wait to dive into this episode with you. And Jessica's been a dear helping us behind the scenes with our event coming up on September 21st, Empowered Voice. She's been working to get a lot of really great sponsors for that swag bag and for the expo hall. So that's been something that she's um, played a huge role in. And you should come see the fruits of her efforts Mm -hmm. by joining us in September. Absolutely. I love that she has such a great relationship with so many brands because she works with a lot of gluten-free, vegan, all-natural plant-based brands. So she's been helping us get those in your swag bags as well as having some of them actually come and be there physically with a booth that you can go check them out and try some samples and all of that good stuff. So make sure that you have purchased your early bird ticket before those prices go up after May. Yes. All right, well, let's get started with this episode with Jessica Capusta. Hey, everyone. Today, you are going to be hearing from my really good friend, Jessica Capusta, who I met probably, I think, almost a year ago now, because I think we met right after I quit my job. I remember meeting you at North Star in Columbus, and I was like, yeah, girl, just quit my job. So sounds like we have a lot in common. (laughs) Um, And we hit it off really well. So Jessica is a plant-based chef. She has a really cool catering company that she just started here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, So why don't you give our listeners a little bit of information about your background and how you got into uh, this line of work and what you're doing now? Okay. So I kind of uh, bounced around doing a lot of other things first, but I was always cooking. Cooking's always been a passion of mine. It's always been something I've been into. And I used to cook everything. And then Scott and I found out that we have allergies and intolerances. And so I started really cooking more for us and then kind of got into the plant-based thing about three years ago now. And we just have felt so much better and it just really works for us. So we've just kept it up. And then uh, just recently, I've I've had a lot of people say, like, you need to open a restaurant Mm -hmm. or you need to share your food somehow. And so I was like, okay. So I figured the best and easiest way to do that was like through catering. And I offer uh, like weekly meals too, that you can get delivered fully cooked to your door. So yeah. 
Can we dive a little bit into the allergies? I feel like you kind of skimmed the surface and it's like a huge piece of your story. Um, I mean, I know. So I want you to talk a little bit about how sick you used to feel when you were younger and you didn't even really realize why. And then kind of Scott, your husband, figuring out his. And I mean, when you say it transformed your cooking, like it really transformed your cooking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, so, because I have celiac and my husband is lactose intolerant, but like severely lactose intolerant. And a lot of food has wheat and dairy in it, like a lot of food. Um, And for me, it's like, I had always been sick, always been a sick kid, always had colds, flus, whatever. My stomach was always upset. And the doctors were always taking me off of things. I was always off of like soy and then I was off of dairy. Then I couldn't eat eggs. I couldn't have peanuts. So like I'd go through these phases of like not having anything that I could really eat, um, which is probably kind of part of why I got a little bit into cooking in the first place was because I needed, wanted food because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was hungry. Um you know, and because you, I do things like I'd go to a birthday party and everybody would be eating cake and I would be sitting there with a thermos of soy milk, which <laughs> at the time was awful, like so bad. Um, so yeah, and that was kind of how it always went until it got to this point where I just couldn't eat anymore. I couldn't get myself to eat it. Just like my stomach hurt all the time. My head hurt. I felt terrible. And I did an elimination diet and we found out that it was the gluten. And then I got tested about a year and a half later and I tested positive for celiac disease. Um, So I've been gluten-free now for about nine years. So yeah. And so it's very difficult with celiac to be able to go out to eat because there's so much cross-contamination and gluten is hidden in so many places uh, that... I mean, no one thinks of like it's in soy sauce, like yeah. it's in you know. So it's and for me, it's like I can't have any. Um, you contact like can't with it even yeah. smell it. It seems like like no. when you go yeah. in, there's too much. I remember you said you went to a brewery and just yeah. like the hops oh. in the air made you sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I went. So yeah. just because, so I always hear about celiac yeah. disease related to gluten, but actually don't know like any of the symptoms of celiac personally? Like what is, yeah. was so it just it, like headaches, stomach aches? Like, So it's, it, it varies from person to person, but basically what happens is it's an autoimmune reaction to eating gluten. So what happens is I eat gluten and then my body attacks my intestine. Um, oh. And so it actually destroys the microvilli, which are like the little hairs in your intestines that absorb all the nutrients and things. So initially it's usually some nausea, stomach ache, and then there's, you know, basically like classic symptoms of like food poisoning. I've talked to other people who have celiac who are like, yeah, at first you're like, I don't know if I got like gluten or if it's food poisoning. But the thing is, is it's unlike food poisoning in the fact that for days afterwards, I'll have headaches and brain fog and fatigue. If it gets really bad, I'll have like muscle aches. Uh, it kind of feels like I like have food poisoning while having mono at the same oh. time. It's like not, yeah, it's not a very pleasant thing. So yeah, so that's basically what happens. And that can happen from like the other day we bought pasta sauce that we bought forever. And they just recently put on a claim on there that it had been produced in a factory that also produces things with wheat. And um, we, and we've done this before. We mean, we've used this sauce a million times and we used it this time. And it was just, I mean, it was tomato sauce and I got so sick. I was sick for like three days. So like it's, Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It makes it hard to eat out and eat other people's food because even if people mean so well, and I know people mean so well, it's so hard to understand 
um, how thorough you have to be with it. And I think a good thing to differentiate here for people that don't know is like you mentioned, celiac is an autoimmune disease. So your body literally attacks, like you said, the proteins and gluten and all of the things. But then if somebody has a gluten sensitivity, it's just that it doesn't make them feel well. So it could upset their stomach, but it's like, it's not, their body isn't actually, yes, their body isn't actually attacking itself. So I think that's important for just people to know, like, yeah, you you can have a stomach ache and all. Like for me, I feel like I just can't eat a lot of gluten. It makes my stomach hurt. And if it's really quality, I can eat it. Like if I have a piece of really good quality sourdough or something that was baked in a fresh bakery, you know, like with quality ingredients, I'm totally fine. Or even like cross-contamination, like, nope, doesn't do a thing to me. But it's like in very interesting to me that you were having such severe symptoms and like your doctors didn't say, let's get you tested for gluten. But again, how many years ago was that? I mean, it was a long time ago. And also like there were so many beliefs about who had celiac. Like uh, for celiac, celiac patients are typically looking for someone who is very thin, couldn't gain weight, didn't grow very well. Um, They typically look for people who are like uh, Western European descent too, because that's what carries the gene, although my mom is, and that's where I got it from. Um, but like, uh, so th- I just didn't meet any of their requirements. So mm-hmm. they kept thinking it must have been a, a million other things. But yeah, so it was actually Scott who was like, maybe it's like gluten. It's like, oh, but that's yeah. so interesting because I've been reading, I'm getting a lot into like intuitive eating and health at every size. And I've been reading a lot about discrimination that people face when they go to the doctor sometimes yeah. and how people will look at people and just be like, oh, well, all your problems must be weight-based. I think it's yeah. interesting. I've never heard of someone being like coming in and be like, oh, you don't look like, you know, the thin, yeah. frail European that <laughs> is going to have celiac disease. So you're fine, <laughs> Avi. I, oh, mean, I mean, it's crazy. They tested me for AIDS. Oh what? my God. Yeah. Like, and I was like, no, that's insane. I actually would love for you to touch on what Liz just brought up because we have had so many conversations about weight and intuitive eating and dieting and not dieting. And one thing that I really love is you talked about like you had such a restrictive mentality around food. And then yeah. when you became vegan, people are, are automatically like, oh my gosh, like you prob- you must be so thin now that you're vegan or that now that you're not eating gluten or whatever. And I would just yeah. love for you to touch on that whole concept because I know it's like something that you've had to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of, um, I mean, I think that eating, not eating certain things leads people to believe that you're dieting because in a lot of people's minds, like the only reason to restrict is to lose weight or to, you know, get more muscle or whatever it is that you're like some goal for your body. And people have a hard time understanding, like doing it because it doesn't make you feel good or because you're trying to like fix other issues. And I mean, I was one of those people. I didn't get it either. You know, I just thought like, I honestly thought when I went gluten-free, I was like, I'm going to lose weight. It's going to be great. It'll be a really wonderful thing, which I'm home. I mean, I've changed my mind about all that, but like I actually, and I ended up gaining a lot of weight afterwards. Uh, but yeah, I just think that for a lot of people, those restrictions, like why would you be cutting something out unless you're trying mm-hmm. to like, to lose weight or change your body in some large way. But 
I just, and I don't eat like restrictively. So it was, it's just very interesting because I do, I get a lot of comments and I get a lot of like weird comments about my size now too, where people are like, oh, well, I didn't realize you were ever smaller than this or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't, okay. Why well, is it, it even like, okay for people to yeah, comment on anybody's people, body? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, right, exactly. And that's the thing. And also like, there are real intolerances and real allergies and um, real reasons to avoid foods that don't mean that I'm trying to manipulate my body or n- wanting to in any way. Yeah, I think it's interesting that I feel like people can, when I think about food restriction from the place, I mean, obviously not from a like place of like, yeah, I really literally can't eat this, but Nina, you know, like you just don't eat dairy and gluten because it doesn't make you feel good. Dairy is like, like the think, big one for me. I like don't mess with it at all. And I think like there's a place where you can, I think it's fine for people to be like, oh, like I avoid these foods because I've noticed I've tuned into my body. They don't make me feel great. I could eat them if I want to. I don't really feel like it. People have so much less issue with people just being like, I don't like this food. Like I don't like mayonnaise, so I don't eat it. No one says anything about that, but like people are like, oh, I've never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, if you're just like, I don't like this food, people never question why you're doing it. But if you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good in my body. And then everyone's like, well, why not? Why? Like it takes on this weird thing. Oh yeah. Although with cheese though, people get, it doesn't matter. Yeah. People are really crazy about cheese. That's what I was just going to say with the dairy thing. People are like, oh my God, I could never give up my cheese. (laughs) It's like every time I go out to eat and then I don't know about you. I feel like an inconvenience sometimes around certain people where it's like, I just, I don't, I just don't want it. And I feel bad making substitutions, but I just don't want to eat it. I don't know how to explain it. I don't like how I feel when I eat it. But I mean, sometimes I put myself in check. Like if I'm craving it, I honestly do think I have an allergy to it. So I probably shouldn't do this very often with it. But I'm like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, throw the feta on. Like if I feel, I will, if I want to leave me alone. Right. But that's the thing that's so crazy is that like we've just started like we project all of these feelings we have because we can't figure out our own food things or we feel like we've we have figured out our own food things because our our body looks like A, B, and C or we're able to do those things. And like so we go around just like projecting our feelings onto other people and they have it, it's nothing to do with like what they're eating actually, but people feel like either guilt that maybe they think they shouldn't be eating that thing or Sometimes, you know, they just feel like you shouldn't be like an individual. You should be going along with the group. This is what the group was doing. And you're kind of making it difficult for everyone by asserting some sort of individuality. And it's like so nuts to me because like I... And with the thing with the gluten, then everybody's like, no. Like my family will now be like, oh, it's no, it's really serious. It's really, really serious. I shouldn't have to say that to you. It shouldn't bother you that much. No one altered your meal. No one changed anything to do with your life. Like this is me and the decisions I'm making for my body. And there's also like, I just, yeah, I think it's crazy how we go around like micromanaging each other's diets and like we have no bodies. Right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this is very relevant in politics right now, but we don't have to go into um, (laughs) politics controlling women's bodies. That's all I'm going to say there. Oh, yeah. 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 But it is interesting (laughs) that there are some women that are like, like they, I feel like some women almost want something to say, like I have celiac or I have this just so that they can present it. Cause like one of the questions is, um, 
is this an allergy or just a preference? Yeah. And I think for some people, they're like, I mean, it's a preference, but I don't judge me because it doesn't make right. me feel great. You know, I think right. it's just, yeah, it's always a touchy subject when it comes to food sensitivities. And obviously allergies yeah. are much different and need to be taken really seriously. But I'm sure it would be really annoying for like being diagnosed with celiac. Like, like, I don't mean to say that gluten-free is trendy. I mean, it, kind it of is, is trendy. trendy right now. Oh, yeah. And I feel like people, when you say, like if you're in a restaurant and you say that, you know, you want to be like, I'm not trying to be trendy here. I'm just trying to like <laughs> yeah. not throw up all day. <laughs> There's so many times where like, especially like I used to have just like, I've always had like almost all guy friends. And so whenever the food is coming out of the kitchen, it, they always put it, the gluten-free food in front of me. Like always. They like, they're like, oh yeah, it's the girl. Who else is it going to be? So like, there's definitely, and it's a double-edged sword for me in a lot of ways too. Um, because because people have embraced that as a diet, I get a lot more products that I can yeah. use and delicious because it used to taste like terrible. But then at the same point, it limits people's real understanding of cross-contamination and what can really happen for people who have celiac or like severe gluten sensitivities. So it's it's one of those things where I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> like I love it and I hate it at the yeah. same time because it makes. Now are you still vegan? Yes. Now, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've been, yeah, we've been doing it for like three years and everybody, um, that was another thing I get a lot of comments on because everybody felt like I was being very restrictive, but we eat a lot of food, we eat a lot of different food. And I love, I think it's like fun. I have fun figuring out like how we're going to get our protein and our B vitamins and our omega-3s and all that stuff. Well, you are a nerd. Like we need to talk about that a little bit. Like you are a science nerd. What was your degree again? Like chemical something or other? (laughs) Yeah. So so you got this down. (laughs) Like you know how things react in the body and like about vitamins and nutrients and all of those things. So I feel like for you, it's just like a big old science experiment all the time. Basically, yeah. And that's like, but I like, there's some things that, I think even without knowing anything about science could really easily be incorporated to make plant-based eating a little bit more well-balanced. I mean, I think not being product heavy is one of them. Um, I think another one is like eating the rainbow. Like if you eat a lot of different colors of things, you're going to get in your daily, you know, whatever. Because people, like people always question where I am getting a lot of things particularly iron protein, B12. Right. Because I'm not eating gluten substitutes that are fortified with those things. And I don't eat a lot of soy because it bugs me. Because a lot of people with celiac are actually cross-reactive with corn and soy too. Yeah. Um, oh, fun. Yeah. So I, don't, <laughs> so I don't eat a lot of corn. I don't eat a lot of soy. I don't eat a lot of legumes because all of those things bug my stomach. But there's like a million other things. There's so many foods and we have access to so many foods. And so I just have fun playing around, figuring out which way it's going to be. Mm-hmm taste the best and give us everything that we need. And I just kind of stay to stay in those to eat. Like I eat a lot of nuts and seeds and a bunch of rainbow colored veggies and it's worked. So, I mean, I got my blood work done like six months ago and it was like, it was perfect. So I'm like, obviously whatever we're doing is okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's working. It's always a good idea to get your blood tested in general. I think that 
people are like, um, especially in the holistic health world, or we, it's like, oh, no doctors. And I get that. Yeah. I get where the fear comes from. But it's also really good to test and not guess in general. So get your blood work done. Like, do you have a right. vitamin D deficiency? Like, are you low in B vitamins? Are well, you, how's out, everything going? Right. Well, and to figure out your baseline too. Because yeah. a lot of times what we don't do when we don't get our blood work done often is we have no clue what's normal for us. Mm-hmm. Because doctors are doing their best and they have like a giant pile of data that they're sifting through and and it gives them an average of what it should be like a range. But like some people don't fall in those ranges. Some people have, you know, like I have low blood sugar and I've always had low blood sugar and it's just always low no matter what. And like everybody got nervous that it was diabetes or something when I was younger and it's not. I just have low blood sugar. I'm also colder than everybody else. I'm like 98 degrees instead of 98.6. So like it's like, but you have to figure out the, like I, but you know, I was sick a lot. I went to the doctor a lot. So I got my blood work done a lot. And so therefore I had this beautiful baseline. Mm It's like every six months I was getting something done. And so they could tell like her temperature is usually here. Her, you know, her cholesterol is usually here. Her blood sugar is here. Her whatever is, you know. And so I had this beautiful like baseline. So I know for me, when I go to the doctor, I can have a conversation where I'm like, well, actually for me, that's really normal. Um, but you know, not like very many my, women are aware. Um, no, I have no idea any of those things you just listed. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I have is I had to get my blood work done when I got life insurance after I got married. Yeah. And sometimes like I have that and sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I've literally pulled it out and been like, I can't make any sense of this. <laughs> so, and then I'm like, I should probably know more of these numbers and like if these are good or not, but I don't know. Well, I don't know much about baby life things. insurance, so I guess it's fine. You're yeah. Good. <laughs> I would know. Someone would tell you if they weren't (laughs) like, they would tell you because everybody, like if they're outside of that normal range, something usually is going on. Mm -hmm. The normal range is pretty large, but still not everyone falls into it. I don't know if you actually know the answers to these questions, but I'm going to open it up anyway. So (laughs) the two things that I'm always very, very curious about that I don't know much about personally is cholesterol, Mm -hmm. like good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. And my family, because there's a lot of research on... Uh, like even in like eating meats and things and eggs and all of that, that like, these are actually good forms of cholesterol. You shouldn't be afraid of it. Yada, yada, yada. And I get very confused because my family, like my mom's side tends to have Mm -hmm. high cholesterol. And I'm like, is that my family's baseline? Like, is that, you know what I mean? Like, is it just a baseline that we all have a little bit higher cortisol or cortisol? Well, that too, but (laughs) cholesterol. And I went to the doctor, I don't know, a couple years ago. And both times he was like, your cholesterol is kind of high for being so young. And I was like, yeah. My mom's always is. My grandpa's always was. Like, but nobody ever had heart problems. Knock on wood. I don't know. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's one of those things that can be totally genetic. Cholesterol can definitely be a genetic. Thing. I mean, most things. Yeah. Can be passed down, but that's definitely something you can have, like higher cholesterol. I mean, as long as your heart is working fine and <laughs> I think you it's working okay. not having like like build up anywhere or anything. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, like, I'm not a doctor, so I can't be like, yes, a hundred percent. You're fine. No. And then what I know, from what I know, that's the other thing that's like really curious to me is when you mentioned your temperature, Liz, I don't know. I started taking my temperature every morning just as like the natural family planning instead of using birth control. I take my temperature and track my ovulation and my temperature is like super low. Like it's like 96 
6.7 in the morning. <laughs> I know. That's like 96. You're actually dead. And um, <laughs> then when I do ovulate, and again, this is like my basal temp, like right when I wake up yeah. in the morning before I even like go to the bathroom. And then after I ovulate, it's like 98. And I'm like, hmm. Like then I'm like, oh, I've ovulated. Like I'm 98. God forbid I might be 98.1. But then it's, yeah, it's like 90, maybe it's like 96.7 to like 97.2. It's low. What's yeah. yours? You said you have low body temperature? Yeah, well, so mine's about 98. What's so that I mean when it's low? Why am I so low? I need to I research I think it has something to do with your endocrine, endocrine system. So I, I should, like hormones and things. Which is like um, my expertise. So I need right. to I need to figure out what the temp means. Liz, have you ever taken your temperature? This is totally Only off. when I'm sick. <laughs> and almost every single time that I've like, you know, felt terrible and I was like, surely I have to have a fever. Mm-hmm. I'm always super low. Mm. Like and what? I'm like, like I've been like, 95 or like 95? You're the one that's dead. I thought (laughs) 96.7 was bad. Or maybe it's like, I don't know, it was something lower. And I was like, what's it mean if you're, I remember Googling, like, what does it mean if your temperature's low? Because I was like, I thought it was going to go the other way. I'm going to remember totally, what it was, but it was low. I'm going to totally research this. Like low temp and endocrine system, system when I get yeah, off so the your podcast. Yeah, has a huge, uh, plays a huge part in like regulating temperature and things. That's why like when women go into menopause, they have hot flashes and right. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like for me, for and a And estrogen time, plays a huge piece of that too. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, and like having a lower temperature, like it's, it's just stuff they don't, tell you. Everybody's individual. It's like, and that's the thing, like you mentioned, your doctors are doing their best, but they don't have the time to look at you and be like, okay, what are you? Also, they only take, and this is not, I'm not just saying this, this is fact from many people I've talked to. They only have like one nutrition class and then optional like electives. So Mm -hmm. it's like, they don't have that knowledge um, just because they're learning so much other stuff. I mean, your dad's a doctor, so you can probably talk to yeah. that. But then like, they don't have time to be like, okay, so what are you eating? And your temperature's low, but this is high and you're deficient in this. And so let's sit down and like, that's where also, a coach comes in. Like that's yeah, what they're like, there. I don't know what the timeline is of like how many people a doctor's got to get through a day, but I'm pretty sure they don't have the, like from a like oh. get people in and out, like moving yeah, from a business standpoint, like fifteen minutes. Yeah, I mean, like a patient. So, like, yeah. What kind of doctor is your dad? Anesthesiologist. Ooh, yeah. I just a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've only been under. I've been under anesthesia a few times. I throw up every time I come out of anesthesia. Yeah, that's a common. That's a common uh, <laughs> reaction to it. Nausea. Yeah, I'm fine. Well, Maybe. good for you. No, I'm just yeah. I've never had the Maybe pleasure. My dad. I've never <laughs> had the pleasure of being under anesthesia. Zach did, um, and he like once they he was in like recovery. The nurse called, and she was like, "Yeah, he's doing great." Blah 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 blah. And then she, I hear, "Oh, oh, oh!" And I was like, "What's not, going on?" Not doing okay. And then I hear Zach on the phone. Like he took the phone from her and was like, "I love you." <laughs> <laughs> So that's that was, his, I don't think he threw up, but he was very emotional. I'm just going to throw this out there. This has nothing to do with like anything we're talking about. But when I was under anesthesia, when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, or was it anesthesia? Yeah, like a light form. I wasn't like knocked yeah, out. Yeah, Twilight. Like, yeah. Um, I was like, Cody, I'm Daenerys and you're Kaltrogo. <laughs> and I was like, why would I say that? Like, I love Daenerys from Game of Thrones. And yeah. he was like, you literally like told us like we were Daenerys and Caldrogo. And I was like, well, he's super hot. So you should be happy that I said that. Yeah. Um, okay. Side note. Well, I cried for, I cried for my dad. 
So you do? Yeah. I always cry from, I'm like afraid because I'm supposed to have surgery again. I'm like sitting here, like I'm going to wake up and Scott's going to be there and I'm going to be like, where's my dad? (laughs) Like a 30 year old woman. I need my dad. (laughs) That's so funny. I want to go back to your cooking really quick. So you've never like officially done, um, like you weren't, you didn't go to culinary school or Mm -hmm. anything like that, but your food is like freaking amazing. I've had it numerous times. Again, I have not had the pleasure. The story of this is I haven't had anything that Nina and Jessica have had. (laughs) You should come. We should do something. I need to do... do, Well, you do the brunch fight in Babes. I was like, it's not like we host events every month (laughs) where Jess offers brunch, so... (laughs) When you were giving away free tickets, I almost messaged you and was like, can I have one? Actually, you can. If you want to come down, just show up. Yeah, secret serious. (laughs) Yeah. But you um, didn't go to culinary school, but you just like have that sort of like innate like talent to develop these things. And also like, you know, a lot about spices and sauces and mixtures. So can you talk a little bit about like how you got so into cooking and now opening up a catering business and delivery service? Yeah. um, Well, so like I ate at a lot of places first. Mm So I grew up uh, with a single dad. And so weekends... We did a lot of like eating here, there, and everywhere. And my dad, I love my dad. He's awesome. And he would take us to like Chinese restaurants and we'd have like classes on how to eat with chopsticks. And we'd go (laughs) to like the Thai place and we'd go wherever. And like, he always wanted us to have different experience. So I ate a lot of different food growing up. Like I very rarely ate like American food growing up. And then my mom had her whole culinary background too. That was all different. So I did that. And then I met Scott and Scott liked to eat. And so we ate at a bunch of different places. And so I think honestly that like developed such a huge base for my understanding of what tastes good and how to make it taste good. And then I think through going to school for science, always being into science, always being into chemistry, like I understand a lot of the reactions that happen while you're cooking. Um, so I understand like in this instance, I need to add acid to make this come together or don't get this. any of that. Any of that. <laughs> like, nope, not oh, me. Yeah. And I think that's the part that. Like, I think that's what makes me different from other people who cook in any capacity sometimes. It's just the fact that, like, I think I really understand, like, when I'm putting stuff into a pot or a pan or whatever, that, like, what's actually going to happen to it at the end, like, what science is happening Mm -hmm. there. And also, I don't have as many mistakes because a lot of what happens with cooking why people don't want to cook anymore and get frustrated is because they have this like fear we all have a fear of failure and like especially with food it's very intense and people get like they just don't want to fail so they'd rather not do whatever and i think i always approached it as like if it starts going wrong i could fix it and Mm -hmm. i can make it into something that will still taste edible (laughs) um you know and so i think that it was a lot of i've probably experimented more uh, because of I didn't have that fear of it all, you know, falling apart or not working out. I have Zach fear. cooks. Yeah, That's exactly how Zach cooks. He's just like something will go wrong. He's like, oh, I yeah. can just like throw this thing in, and then it's amazing every time. And I'm like, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'm here to eat it. So yeah. How did Zach learn to cook so well? It's the same thing. He just it was like fearless curiosity. He just yeah. you know like wanted to saw things he wanted to make decided he was going to try to make them didn't care if it came out well or not if it didn't come out i mean he's had things that haven't come out well and he always has like a you know oh next time i'll do this or that so he's just always learning from it yeah does he and, cook for you 100% of the time yes yeah i knew I, that. 
I heat up my oatmeal for breakfast sometimes, or (laughs) I make coffee in the morning, which is sad because my dad, like every summer, like your dad actually reminds me of mine. Like, I feel like we had very similar food experiences where he was like, let's go to a sushi restaurant and like, see what that's about. And did a lot of cooking. And I just, I just never want to do it. I don't know why. Just, I'm just here to eat the food. (laughs) So I didn't cook for the first year and a half Scott and I were together. I let him do all of the cooking. No way. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Were you afraid? No. He was just cooking. And I wasn't about to start cooking if he was doing it. And it was good. He's like good at cooking, actually. Um, And then I I made... I mean, I think I made like stuffed shells or something. And all of a sudden he was like, oh, so you can cook. And then I then down the line and went, went so yeah. Cody. You should have kept the charade going. No, I know. Kidding. No, because then you wouldn't be I making was, food like you are true. today. That's true. Cody that always true. used to cook for us. But like when we were in college, I remember specifically, it would be like, make me that cheese quesadilla. Like, <laughs> or it would be um, egg and cheese, like bagel sandwiches in the morning. <laughs> what else did he make? That was really good. It was like, or grilled cheese. Yeah. Like he used to make the best, but literally he was just slathering butter on everything and just like cheese. It was so good. And then he used to cook out all the time. And then now I feel like I do. My big thing now is I very much, like there's a lot of good food in Columbus. So I want to go eat out or I want to grab this and that, but it's more on like a financial thing where I'm like, shoot, I don't really want to be spending all this money. So I've been making myself cook and I have this goal for myself to cook all three meals for, for me. And I just think for... I do a lot of like quick frozen-y things, but they're they're healthy. Like it's like broccoli or it's like, you know, just some sort of like frozen whole food that I pop in the microwave. And I've been getting more, I've been experimenting more, but I don't know. It's hard. I think you do have to have that natural like Jessica and Zach talent. And if you don't, you don't. If you do, you do. Yeah, or like just a, like your curiosity, like I liked that before. Like your curiosity overpowers your fear. You're so like into figuring this thing out that you're not yeah. afraid of it anymore. Yeah. Um, because I think that's what it because when I talk to people and like even now, like uh with Scott and his sister, like they cook way differently than they did before. And part of it's like, well, you told me like how to do whatever, and then I felt like, oh, okay, yeah. And I saw you do it. And now I'm like, I can do this thing. And now Rebecca, like, will make up recipes off the cuff. Every, that's my sister-in-law. <laughs> yeah. um, off the cuff every once in a while. Just because she's like, well, I saw you do it enough times. I felt comfortable doing it myself. Yeah. So like, it's not something I would have, like, reached out and just done. Uh, the, other, yeah. the other day, I thought of you, actually. I yeah. got something. I was at the yoga studio. I didn't have time to make breakfast. And so I mm-hmm. uber-eated. Oh my gosh. First first watch. Yeah. It's like a yeah. great breakfast place here. I love first watch. Yeah. Their so, avocado toast is so good. It's so good. But I had this realization. So I ordered this food and it was um, fr- free-range chicken, quinoa, like ba- little strips of carrots, kale, and like a pesto uh-huh. and um, sun-dried tomatoes. And I was like, this is really good. And I was like, wait a second. I can totally make this. All I have to do, boil up some quinoa, chop up some chicken, get a can of like sun-dried tomatoes, saute some some kale and carrots, and make my own dairy-free pesto because I think- I was going to say it was like when I heard pesto, I was like, I had him put it on the side. But yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I had this realization. I remember you said that. Like you were like, oh, I can make this. Like after you had been to so many restaurants, you're like, I can do this. And then you did. And then you started doing it. 
Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Well, and then like when restaurants started like really publishing what was in their food instead of, cause they used to just have like really flowery descriptions of everything. And then they started really putting the ingredients that were in there and I would sit there eating it like, so yeah, no, I'm not going to pay you $20 anymore for this. I'm just going to make it at home. That is <laughs> I'm that's like, <laughs> where I'm at. Exactly where yeah. I'm at. Yeah. So. I mean, you have that. Everybody has the ability to do it. It's just taking the time to cultivate the skill. Like we take the time to cultivate any skill that we have, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's like, do you value your time or your food? Right. Like that, I think that's a big piece of it. Like for you, Liz, I feel like you are always like, I don't have like the time or maybe the patience a little bit to like do always it. The patience. And for me, it's a lot of that too, where I'm like, um, I could do it or I, or I could order something. Well, that's why I think what I do, and I don't know if you find this, Jessica, in your cooking, but like, so while Zach does all the cooking, I do yeah. all the planning. I'm like, here's what you're making this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did that this week. And a lot of times, like, I think where I had the most struggles was like, I'd go on Pinterest and I'd find some like elaborate thing to make. And more and more, I mean, we went to Trader Joe's last night and I did get like, a veggie burger that mm-hmm. I actually it was a recipe on the Trader Joe's website. It was like their veggie burger with an avocado tzatziki, like a burger like that. And I was like, yeah. that's super easy. Um, but the more and more, like I think for this week we're doing like buffalo chickpea wraps. Um, like is there buffalo chicken? Yeah. But anyway, instead of like all these crazy things, like the buffalo chickpea wraps is like buffalo sauce, ranch, chickpeas, lettuce. That's a wrap. I have that on I mean, my menu like, right now. Really? Oh, well, I, I ordered two of them. Wednesday. <laughs> I can't wait to eat them next week. Didn't I order two of those? I or did you I ordered Caesar wraps. Oh, I ordered the Caesar wrap. I mean, I'll order the other one next time. Okay. <laughs> wait, do you have um, a good, when it comes to sauces, like Liz yeah. said, ranch, isn't there, do you have like a good dairy free ranch? Isn't ranch usually of dairy in it? Yes, it does. So I do. Or Caesar. And I, so I have, so I'm going to be bottling my sauces. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Tell us more. So, yeah. So I know for a fact that there's a giant hole in the market when it comes to like gluten-free vegan condiments. Yes. <laughs> um, and like we have tried so many vegan ranches and they've all been gross. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even brands I really love and I love a lot of their products. When it comes down to it, it's just not great. And honestly, if you want to transform your dish, the easiest way is through like a dressing or a yes. sauce. That's, yeah. that's, I think, one of the main reasons why I like eating out is because yeah. they just have a plethora of sauces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that makes my food taste better. And so I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll just get that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like my fridge is like literally just full of like either sauce I made or bought or whatever. Um, and like whenever I make food, like everybody thinks the food is good. But what they talk about are the sauces. Uh, so I sat there and, well, I actually, I had encouragement through a bunch of other people too. Since the recipes are like my own creation and stuff. Yeah. My business mentor is like, you should bottle it. It's like, why not? Just like, just do, you know, do this stuff to feed what it costs to manufacture the bottles and stuff and, and get it out there because there's a market for it. Do you watch, I know Liz does, and any of our listeners that are listening. Oh, um, I know right where you're going with this. I already know. Um, Queer Eye. 
Yes. Okay. Did you watch, Did yeah. you watch the episode of the bar- the two barbecue yeah. sisters? Yeah. <laughs> and like how they were in just tears of emotion because they uh, allowed them to, or like helped them, I don't know what, or just booked the appointment to yeah. get their famous barbecue sauce. What were the sisters' names? Do you guys remember? I remember. Yeah. I remember. I just remember one, one was like, was their Mary. nickname was Little. Little. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't Mary. Know. I don't think... Was her name Mary? No, it was yeah. like Little. And well, then one I of think- her names was actually Mary, I think. But then they had nicknames that they went by Little and something else. Yeah, I don't know either. Oh, I buy their sauce. I like wanted to go to their barbecue place the whole episode. I was like, I know. So I don't remember where they were from or where they, I think like Atlanta or something. I don't remember where they I were filming. it's all around Kansas City. Oh, the last season was Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe you can like head out to Kansas City and get your sauces. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a place that does it here in Ohio. You're like, I don't have to travel. It's right here. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So yeah. I was uh, on the sauce train. I know like Primal Kitchens are pretty good. Like their yeah. dressings, but they have egg in them. So they're not yeah. vegan. Yeah. I don't so know. They do have many. a vegan ranch. Oh, they do? Um, yeah. It's but not, not great. It's weird. Yeah. It's just have very had, like, um, herby and oily. I have it in my fridge right now. Yeah. Because I can't get my... The one I did, like if you had Tessame's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was getting because it was in Columbus and now no one has Tessemes. So I've switched yeah. to the Primal Kitchen. I don't like it as much. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't. And the Tessemes one was like, I thought it was okay. Like I thought it was, it tastes like ranch. It was creamy. It was, I was cool with it. But yeah, I don't, my ranch tastes like ranch. Well, I'm and like really. confusing to me that <laughs> after eating my ranch, I was like, um, like, I don't understand why somebody else hasn't been able to do that yet, I guess. Is it weird I that I just want to come over to your house just to do, like, watch you make some sauces so that I can yeah, recreate no. them? No, weird. And also, you do, like, a sauce tutorial at our brunch. So plugs for any of you that are in Columbus, <laughs> come to brunch because she always does a sauce tutorial. So yeah. you can get the inside Question, too. what's your yeah. favorite sauce? Like, if you just had to pick one for life, what one would you pick? One for life. Uh, spicy peanut. Yeah, peanut sauce is my jam. Yeah, but I, could, like, I could eat Buddha bowls like every day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like literally, I mean, what's you just roast a bunch of veggies, make some rice, pour some peanut sauce on it. Yeah, that's okay. Amazing. I have a struggle because I love the yeah. peanut. I love the Buddha bowl at North Star. Yeah, but I've really found out that along with dairy, which is like a big no no for me, soy has become an even bigger no no. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. I I bet you they have soy sauce in their peanut sauce. But oh, yeah. every time I eat that Buddha bowl, it's so freaking good. I love the peanut sauce, but my what's, stomach is wrecked. Like, what's the difference between tamari and soy? Um, so tamari is just a different type of soy sauce. I'm oh, just kidding. The Can't traditionally use that. brewed soy sauce. <laughs> um, it's just gluten free because normal soy sauce has gluten in it. And we did oh. talk about like I ask you this every time about doing coconut aminos instead, yeah. but they're sort of sweet, which is like you just said it changes the flavor. Yeah, so it just changes the flavor profile, but like there's ways to make up for that. Um, mm-hmm. I also think it's not as salty, so depending on what you're going for, like sometimes with the coconut aminos, I'll add like a little extra rice vinegar, kind of counteract the sweet and I'll add a little bit of salt because mm. they're just not as salty. Or sometimes I just double the amount of coconut aminos to be honest about it because it's not even anywhere close to the amount of sodium in soy sauce or tamari. I'm coming over to do a, a sauce <laughs> tutorial with you. So I will pay Sauce-ing. you for your services. Um, I was wondering if you had any quick tips for people that 
are interested in um, enjoying more of a plant-based meal or diet, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, do you have any tips for them as far as how to make it easier, things that you have found that really are quick and easy for you? Um, Yeah. So uh, my big things that I really like to do... I really like, I like using a frozen product, like a frozen uh, grain or rice or something like that. I think it just makes it so easy because a lot of times like sitting there cooking rice is like a long thing and then roasting veggies and whatever. So yeah, I think that being, you know, if you're not super into cooking, I think being okay with eating like some, there's some really awesome products out there that I think are really good, especially if you're just stepping into it, really good, uh, like Bridge makers. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely think like Trader Joe's carries frozen brown rice, frozen white rice. Just had frozen- it today. What? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just cooked organic quinoa. Like yeah. pop that in a microwave and eat it, you know, or you can put it on your stove if you don't want a microwave. I think those are really big bridge gappers. I think that, you know, finding some sort of nuts or seeds or legumes that you like mm-hmm. is another really good thing. So you get enough protein and fiber. So you feel full. And then I think there's like, I mean, there's some really great substitute products out now that I think are awesome. There's uh, Miyoko's, which is like a European brand now distributing in the United States and they have cheeses and butter. Their butter is amazing. It's so good. Um, and it's limited ingredients. Where does one find this at? Uh, so at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. Hey. Um, yeah. And yeah, their stuff's amazing. And then I also, um, I mean, for me being gluten-free, I love bonza so much. Um, yeah. And I think it's a great way to get in some protein in a meal that might not normally be heavy in it, especially if you're not eating meat. And I also, I really like the Beyond Meat products because they're soy-free. And they are. Except for the frozen chicken. Mm. I'm pretty sure. But I've everything else is I've always been afraid to try the Beyond. Like my oh, husband gets it. He, well, he gets... Yeah. The Impossible. Is that the same company? That oh, does? So no, different. they're different. Oh, okay. Yeah, he gets the Impossible, Impossible Burger. Burger has gluten in it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've not... Something about like... I can wrap my head around like veggie burgers. I feel like they're not like, we taste like meat. They're like, this yeah. is a veggie burger. It has a unique flavor profile that's like separate. Right. I get like scared of things that are like, it tastes like meat, but it's yeah. not. So I don't I'm necessarily like think it tastes like you don't meat, think? if I'm I don't being think, honest. Especially not the burger. Yeah, it has mm. its own taste. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've done the impossible. No, sorry, not the impossible. The Beyond Meat Burger a few times. Yeah. It's okay. Like, it's not yeah. that bad. I like the Trader Joe's veggie burger, actually. I just <laughs> got some yesterday. Yeah. It's pretty I good. I can eat them. You can't? The Trader no, Joe's gluten. one? Mm, but actually... No, the uh, Trader Joe's one doesn't have gluten in it. I know, but it's manufactured or something. Oh, it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones that it's like annoying. But yeah. yeah. It makes me so it. sad. Like, it's like heart excitement. <laughs> like, I can see it this year. Like, no. But yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well. Well, yeah, that's why I got good at cooking. Right, exactly. So if our, um, well, I guess, where can you cater? Like if people are like, oh, I would love to try some of her food or maybe they're not in Columbus so they can't necessarily do the food delivery service that you offer, where can they get your food? Um, (laughs) They can always come to Brunch Bites and Babes every month. Yeah, come to Brunch Bites and Babes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so there's, I, uh, well, I can cater throughout Ohio. 
you know, I actually am going to be up in Cleveland for a little bit this summer. But yeah, so you can do catering throughout Ohio. So you can get it there. If you're in the Columbus area, you can get the meals delivered. And if you give me enough notice and it's maybe somewhere cool, I'd go there too. Yeah. She can travel. I can travel. I love that. Bring it on. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. So they have ways that they can try your food and you can cater. You can travel all the lovely things. Where can they keep up with you via social? So I know you're very active on Instagram and your blog. So share those details with them as well. Yeah. So my um, blog where I post like recipes and tons of like food inspo picks is Jessica underscore cabbage. And yeah, that's, it's got a little bit of a following and people like the food, I guess. So cabbage with a K or a C with a C. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my last name was, is Kapusta, which means cabbage in Polish. So yeah. So I just, it was hard for people to find Kapusta. So I did Jessica cabbage. So that's easy to find. Yeah. And then what else is there? Oh, and then there's the whole thing, which is my catering and delivery service. And that is at eat underscore the whole thing and the dash whole dash thing.com. Yep. And we'll link those all in the show notes for you guys. So you can just click them right there and head straight to her Instagram and um, the blog as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to our listeners. And I'll actually see you tomorrow because we have a brunch event going on in Columbus. So by the time this airs, sorry, everybody, you will have missed the one that is tomorrow. But but there is another one, I'm sure. There will be, yeah, there will be another one. So you can always just head over to Eventbrite and just search up Brunch Bites and Babes and you can find um, our brunch events there. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like rearing and ready to, even though I'm not the person to get in the kitchen, I want to get in there, make a sauce, have a little Buddha bowl, get curious in my cooking and eat things that make me feel great. Me too. I'm not joking about invading her home and making her teach me all of the sauces. Like that's going to happen. Um, Make sure that you check the show notes to get the links to Jessica's Instagram as well as her blog if you want to steal some of her recipes and see all of the beautiful, beautiful uh, plant-based foods that she makes and pictures on Instagram. She not only is a great cook, but she's a great photographer and food stylist as well. So make sure you follow her over there. And of course, make sure that you check out Empowered Voice before you go and get that early bird ticket so that you can enjoy some fantastic sponsors and see a bunch of really cool speakers inspiring you to move forward in your wellness business. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another week and we will catch you next Monday. See you guys later.